Welcome to the Paycom Podcast. We are medical management radio for the solo provider and small group physician practice. Paycom is where medicine meets entrepreneurship. Now, here's your host, Carter Lumen. Hello and welcome to Medical Management Radio. I'm your host, Carter Lumen. PACOM is the Professional Association of Healthcare Office Management. Today we're going to talk about how healthcare providers and life science representatives connect. My guest today is Jeremy Gilman. Jeremy is a co-founder and the Chief Marketing Officer of RX Vantage. His teams are focused on growing the RX Vantage network of medical practices and improving the customer and product experience to increase engagement and accelerate revenue. Thanks, Jeremy, for joining us today. I appreciate that. Hey, excited to be here. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Typically with our corporate Paycom guests, I keep the conversation generic before asking specifically about the product or service they offer. However, I think it's important to consider that since there is no charge for medical practices to use RxVantage, I think it's safe to integrate everything together for this conversation. Does that sound good to you? Yeah, that sounds great. Fantastic. Can you tell me a little bit about the genesis of RxVantage? What were the, the driving factors that, that led to its creation? I, I think healthcare technology has really been advancing at a really fast pace. And we see all sorts of advancements in new therapies and diagnostic testing and other things like that. And that pace of change can make it really difficult for physicians and their staff to stay up to date on those latest technologies. So the companies that are bringing these new technologies to market, like pharma or biotech or genetic testing companies, they really strive to help physicians and their staff stay ahead of this curve by creating a lot of great resources and making really highly trained representatives, whether they are product representatives or reimbursement reps or nurse educators or medical science liaisons, they they train all these people and make them available to practices, you know, but it can be really hard for, for physicians to engage with those, with those folks. We just felt like there was an opportunity. Why would that be? I know in, in some medical practice circles, especially if you go back kind of into the history, you know, the pharma rep was somebody that, you know, was kept at arm's distance. It sounds like what you're saying is there's kind of been a shift towards maybe more education than somebody that would show up with a bag of bagels or a box of donuts and want to speak with the doctor. Yeah, well, there, there certainly has been a shift. I would say I don't, I don't think the, the bagels and donuts has ne- necessarily disappeared from the industry, but I do think that there is, there is certainly a focus on education and the amount of training that is provided to these various types of representatives and experts you know, it's sort of off the charts at this point. So while, you know, certainly not everyone is created equal, not not every sort of representative is is sort of delivering equal value to every physician, it really matters about what, you know, sort of products that representative carries and is authorized to speak about, and which ones are most relevant to a physician, and at which time they are relevant. So I think, you know, physicians don't really want to devote a ton of time to meeting you know, with, with reps just to meet with them because they do show up with a lunch or bagels or whatever, they want to show, they want to show up and meet with people that have news about products that really matter to that patient's, uh, to that physician's patient population. And, you know, 
it's really hard at this point for them to know, or was hard for them to know really of all the reps that are coming in, which ones should I really meet with? Who's got new news? Who's got something that's relevant to me? Do I have questions for this person? Have I looked at the research in advance? All these things. And when you look at it, they devote a lot of time to it and a lot of staff time to those types of meetings. So, you know, what, what we want to do is make sure that they're meeting with the right person with the right information that's really relevant to them and their staff. And it's going to be worth spending time with that person. Exactly. Time is uh, the most important commodity pretty much in any industry and specifically in, in, a, in, a, in a busy medical practice. So at, at the beginning of the conversation, you had mentioned a couple different types of reps that are available. Could you maybe elaborate on that and you know what those differentiations are and why they might be important? Sure. So I, I think when people think rep, they tend to think first about, you know, account executives or product representatives, you know, somebody that has really deep and continuous training of, about, you know, the products that they carry. And they tend to act as sort of the coordinator or conduit into the rest of the resources inside the company. So that's sort of like, you know, I think when everybody thinks about rep, they think about, you know, the a, a pharma rep that's, that's that person there. But when you peel back the layer, there's a lot more resources that companies are making available, you know, to help answer questions, to help guide clinical questions, to help answer reimbursement questions. So we have, you know, medical science liaisons who are oftentimes, you know, kind of coming out of the medical affairs side of the business. And they are most many of those people are, are highly trained medical professionals. Most many are, are doctors themselves and understand things and have a really unique perspective from a clinical perspective. And oftentimes, you know, because they are working with offices across a region and having in-depth conversations with physicians, they have a really unique perspective and, and maybe some of the most, the, the deepest perspective in, in the industry on how, you know, certain therapies work and how combination therapies work, et cetera. Then you have people like nurse educators who are there, you know, again, really advanced degrees their depth of knowledge is, is really deep. They're there to train nurses. We oftentimes see them, you know, in environments where there might be an infusion center or other, other things like that, where they, they can come in and train the nursing staff on how to implement and administer certain drugs. And, and they're, they're a peer. So there's a lot of back and forth that happens there. These people aren't, you know, focused on selling. They're, they're there to help, you know, and, and those are the resources that these companies have available to that they make available to the to the office, and then there's, you know, obviously reimbursement specialists. That's that's kind of a growing, certainly a growing trend. Is making sure that the practice kind of understands the ins and outs of billing and medical codes and and other things like that. Especially as we're dealing with more complex therapies and things that are more expensive, they have questions. That you know, the practice administrators have questions. Billing teams have questions. They want to make sure that patients you know, are going to be able to get pre-authorized for, for, these, uh, for these therapies that are being prescribed to them and that they're going to be able to, you know, pay for them and adhere to them. And those people also are doing a lot of work to help find, you know, patient assistance programs and other financial assistance programs to, to close sort of the, the, the gap in, in insurance. And, and certainly in some areas, there's clinical trial coordinators and other things like that for offices that are, you know, that participate in in those types of programs and need to find, you know, other experimental, like early stage treatments for their patients. Okay. So I'm starting to see a lot of moving pieces just in the 
kind of who's available as resources. So how and why is it important to distinguish the type of rep or to, to find the specific rep that could, to use your example, assist with a certain therapy? Yeah, well, I, I think the, the main thing is that if you put yourself in the shoes of somebody that is, you know, delivering care to a patient or is involved in the, you know, the spectrum of care, you're going to have, you have different questions at different times. Sometimes you have clinical questions. Sometimes you're just trying to understand a little bit early on about the, about the product or, you know, how it interacts with other, other therapies, et cetera. Sometimes you're going to have billing questions. Sometimes you need your nurses trained on something. So there's, there's different use cases that come up in the practice. And when you have a question, you want to be able to ask and interact with the person that's most qualified to answer that question. And that's why it matters to really know that these other roles exist and that, you know, oftentimes that account executive or the, the product rep, the person that you think of first when you think rep can be your conduit to those other people, or you can go and directly to those other people. It doesn't, you know, there's, there's kind of both ways, however you sort of prefer as a practice, but it is important to know that those other resources exist to deliver you the information you need when you need it. I got you. So do you have some general advice or maybe, you know, some standard procedures on how to accomplish all that and pull it all together? Because it seems like with, I assume that most uh, standard medical practice is going to be dealing with several different life sciences company. Also with life science companies that want to maybe, maybe they're new to the market and they want to introduce themselves to the medical practice and talk about the advantage of their therapy or treatment program. Absolutely. I think I can kind of boil that down to about, you know, sort of like five, five ideas here that I think make sense for practices. So one is you really need to know who your life science reps are. When we go in and talk to a practice today, you know, typically the way that they have been managing or keeping track of their life science community is in a book of business cards. And that can be really tough because, you know, you're mostly focused on product reps at that point or account executives, sort of the frontline people that are, you know, your conduit to back to these companies. And the challenge is that oftentimes you just, this information is out of date. So what's really important is that you have some sort of updated, you know, directory or, or something like that, that goes deeper than just the, the, the product rep or account executive, but helps you understand who, who the medical science liaison is, who the nurse educator is, who the reimbursement specialist is in your area. And you need to know what their updated information is and what their updated contact information is so that when you have a question or it comes up internally, you know, you, you have a, you know, who to ask, you can find it quickly and you can reach out to them. So is this kind of where RX Vantage starts to pull together all of this? Could you speak a little bit about just maybe the directory aspect of the application yeah, itself? Sure. So, you know, our directory, uh, so when practices you know, sign up for our free platform. They get immediate access to a, a custom directory of all of their local life science experts. That's going to include, you know, all of the reps, all the reimbursement specialists, all of the MSLs, the nurse educators, et cetera. And, you know, it's all online so that you don't have to maintain sort of that book of business cards anymore. 
And we ensure that that directory stays up to date by working with the life science companies to get their rosters into our platform and ensuring that, you know, those people are validating that they're still there and they're still in that role and they still, you know, represent that therapy or those therapies. So you can search that really quickly and find anybody you need and be able to to sort of message them or invite them in or, you know, tell them you need samples or you need help working on a pre-authorization thing or a billing thing for for a patient. And their job is to, to help. And they would like nothing more than for you to be able to contact them really easily because that's their job. Their job is to to help you. So, you know, we just try to make sure that it's easy and you have access to them. I gotcha. We had started this. You said you had five suggestions. So let's let's move on. What's the what's the second suggestion? Yeah. So the second one is really kind of to be mindful of of scheduling. And what I mean by that is a, a lot of offices and practices will designate, you know, time slots on their calendar across a week or a month for rep meetings. I think everybody's familiar with that. In the old days, you back up a few, you know, 10 years, these were pretty much only around lunches, like a lunch and learn session. Today, what we see is, is on, our, on our network that's, that's evolved a lot. There's still plenty of those lunch and learn sessions, but there's also just sort of separate educational meetings that are set aside across a week. And I think when you're, when you're mindful of, of, of this scheduling process, you know, you sort of set up a program that is going to be most, be most beneficial to your staff and to your physicians. And the way that you do that is you sort of put rules in place about how often people can come in, you know, what, what sort of reasons they might need to come in. Like, are, are they coming in, you know, once a quarter? Can they, can they sort of book a meeting with you once a quarter? Do they, can they only come in if they have sort of a new indication or new news to talk about? Do you want to set aside appointments that might be really specific on a monthly basis, for instance, for a nurse educator to come in and educate your nursing staff, you know, about a specific therapy or, or a few times a month? So you can get really granular with how you set up that program in order to be, you know, most beneficial to your staff. And we enable that to happen through our platform in a way that is sort of frictionless for your staff. So you don't have to actually do a whole lot of work. You know, you just sort of set the rules and then the reps kind of schedule themselves according to your rules and guidelines. That's something that you can't do on a paper calendar or you can't do if you're using, you know, an Excel spreadsheet or a Google calendar or your EMR to sort of manage this whole process. And that's something that that we get excited about. I could see the immediate benefit of that. Everybody knows, you know, what the rules are at a specific practice, you know, from a, the life science rep perspective. And also it, it gives the medical practice the ability to know when things are going to happen, kind of prevent uh, scheduling errors. So with Rx Vantage, does everybody in the office that might have to deal with a rep, whether it be a doctor having a consultation with a medical doctor at the services company or the nurse practitioner knowing when, you know, the, the nursing rep is going to come in to talk about specifics of the, the treatment regimen, as the case may be, does everybody in the office have access to the application or to specific parts of the application that are pertinent to them? Yeah, so so on our advantage, everybody in the office has access to the application, and they can see who's coming in and when. And I think, really, if I could back up for a second, I think you know, as I look at how 
you know, right now we're living in the world of, of COVID-19. And I think that that has really, you know, highlighted for sort of the challenges of the kind of old way of doing this, you know, where practices that have been closed down for a while, right, because of COVID-19, they had to furlough people, they took all sorts of safety steps, obviously, to limit the number of people that are coming and going from the practice. So, so they're really, during COVID, there's been sort of this divide, this wedge driven between industry and practice. And what we've seen during that time period is really the, the practices that are on our platform have, got a, have, have really gotten a lot more innovative in how they are engaging with industry. And we really think that that's the way things are going to go moving forward. And some of the things that they've done that have been more, more innovative than we've ever seen before are really, you know, where at one point they were sort of having, they might have one or two meetings a day set aside or time slots set aside for reps to come in. And one of those meetings may have been a, may have been a lunch and everybody was sort of just like coming in and stopping by a lunch and they'd meet with the rep and they'd go away. And some of that's certainly still happening. But what we're seeing is, you know, the innovation that's happening is they're moving online because we, we've launched, you know, a virtual meetings product that enables that actually to happen. So the meetings between a rep and and an office can now happen online through a really seamless solution. But they're making those meetings much more purposeful, right? They're saying, all right, this is actually going to be you and the and the doctor one-on-one for 15 minutes. And it's a meeting, you know, with the rep on the meeting and the and the MSL with the doctor. And that's pretty much what the meeting is. And everybody else it doesn't need to be in that meeting because that's they're not they're, it's not relevant for everybody else in the meeting. And we're also seeing separate meetings that are being set up that are really just a medical biller, you know, inside an office along with, you know, maybe a, a patient navigator or somebody like that meeting with a reimbursement specialist, again, one-on-one. So, so it's sort of driving towards more of these really purposeful meetings where you're just meeting to get the education and the answers that you need. And I think that's sort of the evolution that we've seen in this scheduling process is being much more purposeful with smaller groups of people and breaking it down to more specialized types of meetings. And I think that's a big trend that we're going to see going forward in this area. You know, whether, you know, we've certainly seen in the past where offices will set up a visitation calendar you know, where there's a couple meetings a week that are really specific meetings to, to, you know, just with physicians or just with a specific nursing staff or just with, you know, administrative staff. But I think we're moving even beyond that to these sort of like micro meetings that are really purpose driven and just get people the answers they need and and don't waste anybody else's time. And and I think that's where we're going to see things going here. You know what? I've been looking for a silver lining in the gray thundercloud that is COVID for a long time. And I think there might be one here in that it's actually driving efficiency, at least in this particular aspect of practicing medicine. Yeah, certainly. I, I think it's I think it accelerated uh, the pace of change for sure in the industry and the adoption of some new technologies. And at the end of the day, you know, if you have less time, you're you're going to find ways to to be more efficient or cut the things out that don't matter, you know, or choose, you know, I'm I'm not going to 
swing by, uh, you know, somebody's going to send in the lunch and that's great and all, but like the actual interaction between, uh, between somebody is going to be in this 15 minute meeting online where they can just focus in on the topic that matters, get the information that they need and move on to the next thing that they're doing in their day. All right. So that was point number two, you know, you're handling scheduling. What happens next? What's point number three? Sure. So I think what we look, what I think is important is that if you're going to meet with life science experts, you really want to know what you're talking about in advance. If somebody knows that Jeff is coming in to talk about therapy A in advance, it's a lot more valuable for the staff to know that and just, you know, there's a meeting with a rep at lunchtime today. So, you know, I think there's some research out there from publicist Touchpoint, I think, that, that sort of said 90-ish, 90, 91% of physicians want industry reps to provide more discussions about clinical studies and evidence-based medicine. And there's, there's the ability for reps to provide that information when it's FDA approved. And if that's what they're going to talk about, you know, in advance of this meeting, the office should know that. It's going to it's going to be more valuable. It's going to allow people to make the decision whether or not to kind of walk into that meeting and attend it and ask questions and learn. Makes sense. So how does RxVantage facilitate that particular aspect of creating an informed conversation? Yep. A- excellent question. So again, you know, the way that the platform works is you, the, the practice set, sort of sets up a calendar and all their rules and then reps go on and, and book it according to their rules. And there's the ability to, you know, sort of message back and forth with the office and tell people, you know, what what it is you will be covering in that meeting. It's kind of like any other meeting that, you know, this this meeting was on my calendar for today where you and I were meeting to record this podcast. I knew exactly what I was getting into or any other sort of internal meeting that has an agenda. It just so happens that historically when practices are meeting with reps, there's not a whole lot of agenda there. There's not sort of like those basic meeting best practices that you know, people can be informed in advance coming into the meeting of what they're going to be discussing. So we ensure that that happens. And is there a way that if there is, let's say, a document or a study that's been done that can be sent via the application itself, or is that done offline, but you have their email address and contact information, et cetera? Yeah, it's a great, it's a great question. We are we haven't allowed, we haven't enabled that through the platform to date because of compliance reasons. Ah, um, you know, okay. Obviously, a highly regulated industry, but but it's actually something that we are we've looked really closely at and and should have some information on the platform shortly about how we're supporting that in a more efficient way. Well, that makes sense. I, I wasn't considering the the compliance aspect when I asked the question, but it's good to know that you guys have already thought of it and you're looking into it. Okay, so that's point number three. What's point number four? Yeah, so point number four is really just disseminate. Make sure that everybody in the in the practice is, is really in the loop about who's coming in. You know, when, when a rep might kind of provide something like a new billing code, you know, we want to make sure that the practice kind of notifies all the right people in there and, and things like that. And you know, really the same holds true for other things like, you know, new protocols or new FDA approvals or, you know, PI information, other things like that. So we can, you know, through the platform, that stuff can be disseminated to other clinical staff and what's kind of uh, what what is brought up in these meetings with life science experts, whether that's a product rep or an MSL, you know, we want to make sure that it gets to, you know, the broader staff in the most efficient way possible. Makes sense. And I assume that there's some feature or function that provides for that, correct? Yep. Yep. We certainly help get that information across through uh, 
you know, part of the platform is a messaging solution. So it's a, it's a secure feature in there where, you know, around your meeting with a representative, they can share, con- they can share messaging with you and other information like that. So that's in there and anybody in your practice that has access to the platform, which obviously is free, and we encourage sort of all users in the practice to have access, can sort of see the information in there and see what was talked about and and pick up all that information as well. Awesome. Okay. Point number five. Yeah. And the last thing I would say is you really want to get feedback from staff. So if we're going to have these sessions with reps and MSLs and nurse educators, you know, you want to know if it was a useful session, if it was a helpful session, if, if information was valuable, you want to learn, you know, you want to kind of constantly ask them internally, what areas do you, do you feel like we need to learn more about or who should we invite it? Like, how do we just continually sort of get a feedback loop, you know, on these sessions and on these meetings so that you can continuously improve those things? And we see that the practices that we work with are doing that sort of on a quarterly basis where they kind of come together and they say, hey, what are we missing? And they do sort of the informal thing after each, each, each meeting that they have to, to make sure that they're going back into the platform afterwards and they're sort of saying on a relatively, you know, regular sort of cadence, like, all right, are we meeting with the right people? Are they delivering the right value? Should we be adjusting our sort of like policies or booking rules at all? Are there certain reps that are kind of delivering more value than other than others? So how do we just go in and quickly kind of make some adjustments so that we're meeting with the people that are delivering the most relevant information for our team in the most useful way? So fine tuning that efficiency that we've kind of discussed. It's been a common theme throughout our, our conversation. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, to that end, can you share some examples, maybe, a, you know, a couple success stories of how RxVantage has saved time or improved other efficiencies at, at a couple of the, the, the practices or clients that use the system? Sure. Yeah. So we work with, you know, around roughly a little over 3,000 practices across the country and they're across different specialties and different sizes. So we have a, we have a lot of sort of interesting examples. One that I would give you is, is sort of North, North Mississippi Health System who came on board several years ago, has a number of locations and had, you know, they see reps regularly across these locations for meetings and, and things like that. And we're basically using the equivalent of like a half of an employee or half of an FTE, so around 900 hours a year that they were previously spending across these locations, just sort of scheduling and managing this process. And they came on board the platform and signed up and kind of set up all their calendars and stuff. And actually, they've, they've sort of eliminated the need entirely for that person to spend, you know, half their time scheduling those appointments. So we gave them back 900 hours a year that they were previously spending just sort of scheduling and managing. And that was just simply by moving this scheduling process online and automating it and helping them to, to no longer have to kind of run a paper-based process or have reps calling in trying to say, hey, when's the next available appointment? Or I can't make it on Thursday. Can you cancel that one and move it back a couple weeks or something like that? So all of that now happens online through our platform. And they're no longer, you know, spending any time, any human time, you know, managing that process so that they can spend it, you know, on other operational tasks or, or other, you know, patient and clinical tasks. That's a significant time savings. Yeah. Through efficiency. It adds up, you know, the, the, 
you know, those two examples that I gave of a rep calling in and a rep canceling and trying to reschedule. Again, let's just take COVID, for example. The amount of inbound phone calls that practices were receiving from life science experts during COVID when people were trying to figure out what their new protocol was, like, hey, are you allowing people in? Are you not? Hey, I know you're probably running out of samples. I haven't been in there in three or four weeks. I need to try to get these. So they're fielding all of these inbound things, whether to schedule them or et cetera, all these other sort of use cases. And when you put Rx Manage in place as sort of this central platform to manage all that, it all goes through there. So it cuts down on all those all those phone calls. So you don't no longer have reps sort of in your hold queue with patients trying to get a hold of you know, your practice administrator to ask a basic question about whether or not, you know, you're allowing people in or not, you're allowing reps into the practice, all of that stuff is communicated through the platform to the reps. And then they know, you know, go here, the latest information is going to be there, our latest protocol for COVID-19 is going to be in there, it's still going to say, you know, we're not doing in person meetings, you can book virtual meetings on our advantage, according to these rules. And you don't have to field all those phone calls. Instead, you can spend all that time with patients on the phone. You can screen more patients for, you know, all, all the sort of other tasks that you should be doing. And that's been really sort of a remarkable insight that we got during, you know, COVID is just really how valuable it was for proactively communicating to the, you know, your representative community, what your current protocol is, which as we know, is, is changing so quickly through everything that you know, basically every week with every change and every, you know, mini new surge or, or something, it's sparking all of these, you know, questions and phone calls. And the practices that are using our platform are just, you know, week over week, just pushing out a new update. Hey, nothing's changed. We're still not allowing people in. Here it is. Here's the protocol. And they're reaching out to individual reps through the directory and through messaging to say, you know, hey, you know, Mrs. Rep from uh, that, that carries this therapy the doctor, you know, read about this new thing, new FDA approval. We'd love to set up this meeting with you. I put some time on the calendar for next week for us to do that. Um, does that work for you? So really just kind of using it as a communication tool through the time period where face-to-face has really just been completely cut off. You know, we've been really excited to see how it's being used during this time period. We've been honored to be able to help these practices through this in the smallest way possible. But it's still, you know, at the end of the day, it makes me proud as, a, as one of the founders of the company that we can make a difference when, when things are hardest right now. That makes a lot of sense. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Again, I, I would say, you know, we've been doing this for a while, right? So we started this 12 years ago, and it's been our whole focus for, for those 12 years is just trying to figure out, you know, how to really crack this code, how to, how to help practices better access all of the resources that life science companies have in the most efficient possible way. Because we think that the way that it's been done for a long time is kind of, is pretty broken. And if we can think intelligently about it and offer this as a free tool to practices, we feel like, you know, we can we can make a difference in in two core ways, right? It's we've talked about it a lot, the theme of efficiency. We can we can cut down on a lot of back and forth, give people time back and just sort of make this thing operate in the background without a whole lot of need to spend time with it, which is great. And the second is by giving, you know, you the tools to have an updated directory with all these folks and the automation that exists in the system and all the rules, it really helps you narrow your focus in on meeting with 
the, the people and the experts that you really need to meet with who are most relevant when you need to meet with them or interact with them. And I'm proud of what we've done, but we're still a small company and we, you know, we would love to bring it to more, to more practices and, and figure out ways to continue to evolve the solution to, to meet the needs of, of practices as they continue to evolve their, their model. I think that makes a lot of sense. And it, it really does sound like there's a lot of value to be had in the application and through RX Vantage as a vendor partner. Um, even though you don't you don't charge medical practices, you know, for for the service. <laughs> I believe I'm gonna go ahead and and wrap up. Would that be all right? Sounds good. Okay. So if you would like to learn more about RX Vantage, you can certainly do so at www.paycom.com under our corporate member section or at www.rxvantage.com directly. That concludes this episode of Medical Management Radio, and we look forward to seeing you next month. Hope you have a great month, everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us. Tune in for new shows on the third Wednesday of each month. PACOM is the Professional Association of Healthcare Office Management, home of the nationally accredited Certified Medical Manager. Professional credentials matter. Learn more at PACOM.com. That's P-A-H-C-O-M.com.